Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, managing editor, Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. It is October 2nd. Smackdown Live to talk about. Just a reminder, we have a Super Showdown podcast live right after the show. Likely 9, 10 in the morning. Don't know when that show's going to end. But right after myself and Warren Hayes are coming at you live, it's going to be a good time. Of course, that night, UFC 229 post-show. We did our preview today. Check that out. Head over to FightfulWrestling.com for all your free wrestling news. Neato stuff over there. That includes your SmackDown Live coverage. Not exactly the most buzzworthy SmackDown Live, but we got plenty to talk about. I am joined tonight by Alex Palowski. Alex, what's up? I'm a little disappointed, frankly. Uh, I I thought there'd be more ghosts of John Candy tonight, but, uh, you know. Aiden English came up short, I say. Quite frankly, he did. Uh, do you have your mic hooked up? Ah, I or don't. You ha- hey, there you ah, go. Ah. While Alex gets his mic hooked up instead of his headset, I'll carry things. <laughs> We've got uh, lots to talk about on SmackDown Live, but uh, we have a column up on the UFC 229 or 230 main event situation. Check that out. Remember, we we publish the Fightful Wrestling Weekly every Friday with a bunch of exclusive news in there. Alex, hit me with a test. Hey, testing. Oh, much one, two, better. One, two, one, much Joseph better. John Candy, one, two, one, two. That's right. So we didn't get the answers we were looking for tonight, Alex. We'll talk about that. Let's go ahead and get into it. Paige comes out to the ring, reveals that she called the cops last week on Samoa Joe. There, If there are two things... That I don't like in this world. People who tag wrestlers in tweets and people who call the cops. And I get the feeling they're the same. Paige called the cops. Yep. She might as well have just tagged, you know, your mom and the At FBI. Wendy. That <laughs> Wendy. Somebody did it to me last week. They they put Corey Graves in a thing about a Brie Bella tweet I had. And I was like, oh, you forgot at cops, at FBI. <laughs> so ridiculous. 
So AJ didn't want charges pressed, but he also isn't here tonight. Samoa Joe isn't either, as we find out. We see AJ Styles at his house, and he says he isn't leaving until he finds out Samoa Joe is on a plane to Australia, which I would say that makes a whole lot of sense. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it does make sense. This this segment has, it just didn't make a lot of sense as a whole. Like the idea of, I just want to tell everybody, Wendy and everybody at the house, they're fine. Samoa Joe didn't actually go into the house. We called the cops on him. When the cops showed up, he wasn't there. We decided to fire Samoa Joe, but AJ Styles apparently has the power to say, no, don't fire him. I want to take, I want to give him his punishment in the ring in Australia. Um, what happens if Joe wins? Then the guy who's like stalking people's families is your WWE champion. Are you going to fire him then? Like none of this makes any sense. And by the, here's the thing at the end, after AJ Styles talks about how he's not going to leave the country until he knows Samoa Joe's there. The whole thing that ended last week, that was an interesting idea of Samoa Joe stalking AJ's family. None of that matters because there were no consequences for it really. And we're still at the exact same spot we were before. I mean, I guess you could say that AJ wants to beat him up more, but that's not enough to justify that whole thing to have it wind up. Like, this is again, WWE has zero story progression. Like it's the this this thing that happened that doesn't change anything. Okay, fine. Let's just move on, I guess. Styles says that he's going to put Joe down under, down under. <laughs> down under. There's a lot of there's a lot of yeah. mentioning yeah we're going down under yeah i'm not gonna put your limp body in a casket i'm gonna bury you alive so this had me terrified they were about to turn this into a buried alive match <laughs> at least here's the thing if that had happened at least it would be something new and what happened last week would have consequences but now it's like i'm glad there's no buried alive match believe me but they should fight in like the outback or something I really thought they were about to switch things up and go for a casket match or a buried alive match. You have no clue how how happy I am that they didn't. <laughs> this could have been a catastrophe, Alex. So oh. no Samoa Joe on tonight's show. What do you what do you think about that? You mentioned you mentioned no real storyline progression, right? Uh, but yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess I mean he's on the run from the cops. Obviously, I mean uh, AJ Styles doesn't want to press charges, but still. Um, <laughs> I I just I love I, I I wish there was more of a progression through until Friday and Saturday where we could like have Instagram videos of Samoa Joe like getting onto the plane but then getting off the plane like yeah. ah am I really did I am actually here um okay fine this is this is this is this is a match this should be good but there's nothing that has done anything is actually going to make it better or worse it's, it's going to be an ODQ match between AJ Styles and Samoa Joe good. Yeah. Fabulous Truth defeated Andrade C and Almas and Zelina Vega. This was another match which they are essentially using as commercials for mixed match challenge. And I'm okay with that. But when I look at that, I'm like, man, you have you do have commercials for mixed match challenge during this show. Yes. Like real ones. So to me, it seems a little lazy. It seems like they have all these guys that they're not using and all these people they aren't that they aren't implementing. And instead, they're using the people that they're using on other shows. Like, this would be a good opportunity to give them a little bit of a break sometimes 
from SmackDown. That being said, I enjoy our truth I enjoy Carmella. I like Carmella's babyface turn, and I really enjoy Almas and Zelina as well. Uh, I would like to see the women abandon the spot where the heel grabs the opponent by the hair, screams that they're nothing, and then they have a move done to them. That seems yeah. like that happens every other week, depending on the show. Selena hits a nice step-up kick and a crucifix into the ropes. Uh, 46-year-old R-Truth does a Hurricane Rana. Didn't, yeah, I didn't know if he'd be busting that one out at his age, especially after some of the injuries that he's had. But Fabulous Truth stopped the action after a Tranquilo, and they have a dance break. And Corey Graves says that R-Truth could be distracted with a laser pointer, which is a great line. That's good. That's good. <laughs> during the commercial break, Truth does this like weak kick to almost during a back handspring. Carmella comes in during a hot tag, Alex. And this has happened with a lot of wrestlers where they get the babyface turn, and now we get to see a new set of offense. That, that's what happened with Carmella here as well. We see hot tag offense that we're not accustomed to seeing out of her and babyface offense that we're not accustomed to seeing out of her. Yeah, um, I am. Uh, it's weird. It's one thing that like Carmella's babyface turn was just like completely out of the blue, but it made sense. Like she just she was kind of pissy that she lost her matches and lost her title, and then it was like, hey, Maurice says says you know whatever because our truth's trying to get somebody to partner up with him to face the Miz, uh, and like I guess we're supposed to hate Maurice more than we hate Carmella. And boom, immediately like Carmella like spins directly into the skid and like it's it here it is. It's babyface Carmella and she's fantastic. I can't believe that she was so great as that that you know mouthy heel for so many months as the champion. And now I'm loving all of her goofy shtick with our truth. I can't believe that's the same person. She has come so far since she was called up. Like she is an absolute success story. Like I can't. I, I want to see a babyface Carmelo championship run because this this girl's a lot of fun to watch. As much as I hated, like you know, you're supposed to hate what she was doing as a heel. Now you're supposed to love her doing this. She's great at both. I love it. Yeah, it's a nice transition, and they they weren't going to have her in the title picture anymore. She had her run. Yep. Very well, might be the only run she has for all we know. Yeah. And, and if so, it was a nice little run. I thought that it was capped off with an outstanding match with Charlotte, where quite frankly, I thought that Carmella outperformed Charlotte. So it's nice to see her in a role like this where she still utilized a little bit because as you and I had speculated, we we thought that she was going to miss a couple of months. Yep. So she goes for a pin on Zelina, but almost breaks it up. Truth takes out almost. Zelina tries to roll through a bridge and there's this beautiful transition into the code of silence. Not the old big veto spinning DDT. No. But the the essentially inverted triangle hold with no arm in, yeah, it works for her. And and women that she does it to are tr- typically a lot more flexible than yeah. than the men will be. So they're able to sell that move really well. And I thought Zelina did and tapped right away. Oh, that transition was <laughs> It was so smooth. Like it, I, I watched that GIF over and over and over again. I was like, I. I wanted to slow it down to figure out exactly how she got. It was so great. Um, like I said, I'm so impressed by her. I forgot she used to win matches like that. <laughs> um, I mean, like it was all distraction roll-ups and like pushing Asuka into a lowered shark cage. Like that was how she used to win matches. Now she's got a really cool um, 
submission move that she can bust out from apparently anywhere. Yeah, more Carmella on my screen. I'm down for it. At least in this role, she's good. But this was yeah. a, a mixed match challenge commercial. What I didn't like was this pancake stuff. My God. New Day come out. They they do a tease the Ico Pro plug. They have Mr. Booty's worth out there to reveal the recipe of their special pancakes tonight. There is a line where Byron Saxon says, I wanted to, Mr. Booty's worth to penetrate my ear, and it popped Corey Graves. That was nice. Yeah. But the bar came up and beat up New Day. There's flour everywhere, and they dumped batter on Mr. Booty's work. This was real stupid. I did not enjoy it in any way. No. Uh, I I loved the Ico Pro line because it's never out of fashion to uh, make fun of Ico Pro. But everything after that was trash. It was trash. Um, like, I, I love that. Like, there was, I think this past week, somebody asked uh, Xavier Woods, where did you guys start doing pancakes? What is that from? And he posted the video of that one time they were in a lumberjack match and decided to come out with pancakes, and it it just worked. We don't know what happened. We just decided to roll with it. Like, they have no idea why they're doing pancakes, but it's their entire shtick now. That's it. That's all they have is pancakes. And I love these guys. And uh, New Day versus The Bar is going to kick all kinds of ass because it always does when these guys wrestle. But the buildup to it can't be some you know, stagehand wearing a tuxedo t-shirt getting pancake batter dumped on his head. That can't be your buildup to it. You got to figure out some other way of doing it. It was dumb, man. It's just, I'm past it to the point that, you know, these guys are, I don't doubt that they can be entertaining because they are, they're often entertaining. But my God, it's made stale. I, I'm done with the pancakes. I'm done with the cereal. I'm done with the breakfast foods. Yeah. There 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 was there was stuff, but this is again, um back in December when they were still do they they've been doing pancake stuff back then because that was when Rusev Day was still firmly healed and Rusev was wearing a Santa Claus outfit and he and he took a pancake off of uh, Biggie's plate and he threw it on the floor and he stomped on it and he said, "A fooey to your pancake." That was back in December. That was really yeah. funny. But guess what? It's now October. You guys are 10 months later still doing pancake shtick. Move on. At least to other go to lunch. Have like a whole thing around whatever your favorite lunch food is. And then do that for 10 months and then move on to dinner. Are they gonna do like a brunch gang? Yeah, sure. Sure. Like yeah. <laughs> I shudder the thought, but I was I, I visited Toronto couple yeah. couple months ago and there's a wrestling fan like one wrestling fan in the office and i don't wear wrestling shirts i just don't i think it kind of violates the sure <laughs> violates the ethics but not to say i haven't ended up owning a couple just through the years but i own a sandwich club shirt because the fella there made them i am in the sandwich club so i mean it's already it already pisses me off enough this pancake deal because, yeah. as you know, I am a proponent of waffles. Yes. Yeah. But oh, if, if they move on to lunch and they start telling me that hoagies are better than sandwiches, <laughs> I'm not going to review their stuff. I won't be able to do it objectively. <laughs> I post my show notes and match ratings, and in this segment, I named it RKU. Uh, nice. Ty Dillinger tells Paige he wants a shot at Randy Orton tonight, and she obliges Alex. 
Dillinger I, and I want to say that, that that backstage thing was notable for Paige like trying to talk some sense into Ty Dillinger. Like, have you did you see what he did he did to to Jeff Hardy and then we did to you last week? And you sure you want this? Like, yeah, I have to do it. I have to prove myself. And she goes, "I'll never understand men." And this is why Paige, being a, a GM, actually has merit because she's a different viewpoint than anybody else we've seen in that role for a very long time. It totally makes sense that she would not understand his ridiculous machismo need to go into the ring and have his fingers broken. Well, that he did. And I got to say, for one, I am digging demented Randy Orton figuring out new sick ways to hurt people. It fits him really well. I had mentioned it before. There were reports that WWE was interested in Killer Cross, and it's like, hey, man, you all got Randy Orton. Maybe maybe Killer Cross will work down the line, but right now he's got a couple of deals. Uh, Dillinger and Orton slug it out in the aisle, but Dillinger sing bombs Randy Orton, Alex. Yeah, I love like that. that. Hoisted by his own petard. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Orton recovers and DDT's Dillinger on the floor. Then he takes the, the padding, the wrap, Actually, is there padding or wrap on the, the turnbuckles? The, the turnbuckle screw thing. Yeah, there's a little padding around it, I guess. Okay, yeah. so yeah, on most rings there are some there aren't, but the way the rings are set up, what that is is essentially you put a wrench in that and you just turn, turn, turn. Mm-hmm. It tightens and loosens the ropes up and and the buckles and the uh, essentially the tension between the four posts. Right. Orton did not have a wrench handy, and it was very clear that he wanted those ropes tightened, Alex, because he shoved Ty Dillinger's finger through one and then pulled back. Yep. Pretty Gruesome. sick. I liked it. Gruesome. Uh, I loved it. Um, there reminds me of um, uh, this is a thing like two years ago in the Cruiserweight uh, Classic, Brian Kendrick found all sorts of ways to like use parts of the ring to like really screw up his opponents. And th- this reminded me of that too. Um, I like that. I all, But I wanted it to actually wind up like fully, because it was implied that that now Dillinger can't count to 10 with his fingers. So I just wanted like mm-hmm. Randy to back away going like nine, nine, nine. Because <laughs> it's, it's good. I like it. This is fine. And this is the deal is that what, what this is, is to me, it is obviously uh, building Randy to go through the roster, beating up and torturing all these people until he gets his comeuppance. That's the story that you tell with this kind of a thing. I just don't see who it is out there on the roster who's primed to give him his comeuppance. I'm interested to see who that might be, but you know, it's out there lurking is the guy who actually stands up to Randy and gets the better of him. Not sure who that's going to be in the future. I'm excited to find out. Yeah. They, they've made me care a little bit about Randy Orton in a situation where I where I wouldn't have normally. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of speculation about uh, Miz beats Daniel Bryan for the title shot, is able to beat AJ Styles, and then they build to Daniel Bryan winning the Royal Rumble and him and, and Miz having a match at Mania. If that's the case and AJ Styles isn't in the title picture, I could absolutely see AJ Styles as the guy who stands up to Randy Orton. And they have that thing. And and Randy being, you know, thinking AJ doesn't belong. Because when Randy was here killing legends, AJ was playing down in the minor leagues. Like, that, I could see that story being built. And I'd, I'd be for that. You know who this Orton gimmick would have been great for? Who's that? Bludgeon Brothers. 
Yeah. Trying to one-up each other with how demented they could get. Yeah. Gosh, I miss Luke Harper. You're going to keep missing him for a while. I sure do. Milwaukee! Milwaukee. Rusev and Lana come out and call out Aiden English. English gives a rundown and history of Milwaukee, including the filming of great moves like movies like Basketball, Alex. <laughs> like Basketball and uh, and uh, Love Actually, which uh, had a scene that took place at the Milwaukee airport, which uh, is, I can tell you, that scene is not shot at the Milwaukee airport. <laughs> so here's the thing. No John Candy references. No. He really should have said it was the Polka King's eventual destination. Yes, it should have said. He should have brought that up. So English instead throws to a video, and it's him singing about Milwaukee in a hotel room. Yeah. There's a knock at the door. It is Lana. She walks in and says... Listen, I want you, and then the video cuts off. Yeah. Freeze <laughs> frame. It's very clear that there's more said. Yes. As we covered this part of the show seriously. But Rusev is taken aback. Yes. Yes. So here's the thing. This is fun to poke at, and it's fun to like play with and all that. Sure. It's not fun to make Rusev look that stupid. Nope. It's not. And English says that he's entertaining offers from TMZ. He really should have said Gawker instead. Mm. That would have made a lot more sense and been a lot funnier if this is going to be a complete, like, just stupid angle. Yes. Lana doesn't want to hear, or Rusev doesn't want to hear Lana's explanation after, though. What did you make of all this? Because we didn't get answers tonight. No, we didn't. Um, and really, like, come on. There's no identifiable Milwaukee-ness of that hotel room. That could be anywhere. Um, it, That's your issue with this. Okay. I, I, I wanted her to be something, you know, like like prove it's in Milwaukee. Because otherwise it's a random random town name you chose. Um, anyway, uh, I, I did discuss. The reason we, we, we came to the ghost of John Candy is that there is a very famous haunted hotel in Milwaukee. And I, I have to figure out if that looks like it might be a hotel room there. It's a very old hotel that looked like a very new door. So I'm pretty sure that's not in that hotel. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm finding some holes in Aiden English's story here. I don't think it adds up. Yeah. I'm thinking that there's more to it than what they let us know. Yeah. It's, it, it seems like he's not telling us everything yet. So you mm. know what it's time for Alex. One time. What's it time for? Wild speculation. Yes, please. About what Lana wanted. Because I said that she wanted Aiden English to hide her Uncle Buck and Home Alone VHSs. Yes. So Rusev didn't find out that John Candy, Ghost of John Candy, was trying to play Russian patty cake with them cheeks. Yes. What do you think it is? Uh, I think it's it's obviously that. And... <laughs> Uh, I think that she she wants him to 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 get her a brat bratwurst and some fried cheese curds because they're in Milwaukee and that's what you eat when you're in Milwaukee. Those are the foods there. Well, that's that's the iconically uh, okay. Milwaukeean things to eat when you when in Rome, as they say. 
Huh. You know, I can't say that I've ever heard of those. Yeah, I know. Well, have but you then ever again, you don't know what we eat here either. That's true. I'm assuming you eat fried chicken, but that's... Not really. There you go. See? Not I, really. There you go. But we didn't even have like an assumption, just cheese something because it's Wisconsin. But Right. Yeah, cheese something. A possum? Do you eat a lot of possum down there? Possum? No. Never. No. Ah, okay. So the thing is, I wanted to spend a good 10 minutes on this, but we can't. We can't because it was really totally lame. <laughs> Man, it was. It was totally lame. Backstage, Miz shows up and tells Shelton Benjamin he got in with a match a match with Brian. Now, Shelton had tweeted like last Friday or something that he wanted a match. So this was planned mm-hmm. as far back as that. They had the foresight to do that. Benjamin says he's been waiting for the opportunity to remind everyone of who he is. He may have done that during this match. This was a pretty good match. He comes out really aggressive, hits a fireman's carry gut buster. Brian is quick to fight back. I thought Miz was a little distracting on commentary tonight. Yeah. Yeah, he was. I mean, Calling everybody wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got I got it after the first time. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, I, most of what I was watching was just, I was, I was kind of fantasy booking um, Shelton Benjamin as Miz's new bodyguard because I think those guys looked really good together backstage and I could totally see Shelton like following him around with in a nice suit and dark glasses and like keeping everybody away from the Miz. Like I could totally see that and having, you know, Miz making him fight his battles for him, especially if Miz winds up being champ, he's definitely going to need a bodyguard. And I love the idea of using Shelton as that, like as Shelton winds down his, his contract. And I'm not sure how long he's there for, but it feels like they're not using him anything else. I totally buy him as Mrs. Bodyguard. So do that. Shelton gets out of a yes lock and goes banana on Brian at ringside. He was really heaving Brian into anything and everything that he could find. Yeah, I liked it. I, I, the Shelton Benjamin's great, and I like him as this heel version. Especially angry old man Shelton. That is yeah. just the best. So there's a spot where Brian accidentally lands on Benjamin during a diving headbutt. This is a very scary spot. and. <laughs> I was watching that, and I just go, God damn it. Why? Daniel, what are you doing? Especially after everything that's happened and his own tweets over the last week. It seemed like, man, it sucks. That shouldn't be a move you attempt, even if the idea is to miss it. Even if it's a work. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, okay, I'm going to miss the attempt at a diving headbutt. If you're attempting it, in kayfabe, you're expecting to hit it. You shouldn't be hitting diving headbutts anymore, man. Just take that out of your arsenal. It's simple. I know he can do it. I know he can do it well. Sure. But I don't need to see it, and he doesn't need to do it. There are other right. things he could do there, and they took the camera off of Brian and Benjamin for a while. Mm-hmm. It was probably 10 seconds, but it felt like a minute. It wasn't a minute, but... It did feel, it felt extended, and you could see Corey Grace, Graves even grimace. And the, the camera went on Miz at ringside, and you can tell it was so they could check and make sure that everything was okay. Fortunately, everything was, but this could have ended up a lot worse, and it yep. didn't need to be. No. As un, it was the definition of unnecessary. Indeed. Brian is able to cut off, Brian, or Benjamin's able to cut off Brian's comeback with a German suplex, and as Brian is setting up for his finish, Miz gets on the apron. This distracts Brian long enough to 
walk into a pay dirt and get pinned by Shelton Benjamin. Yes. Before we get into Benjamin, after the match, Miz goes after Brian's ribs. This is another way to get Brian to fight out, fight from underneath this Saturday. Yep. Smart idea. It gave Benjamin a win. And quite honestly, this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Brian is bulletproof to the point to where even if he gets beaten a bunch, I don't know if it does anything but serves him well at this point after they didn't push him the way that he should. Right. Because they they tried to manufacture the Daniel Bryan versus the machine thing. And as they found out, the best way to get somebody going the right way is for it to just happen. Yeah. So you might as well get Shelton the win out of this, keep him more relevant, have Miz look like a heel, have Bryan work from underneath. I thought it accomplished a lot of things, Alex. Uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's, he's bulletproof anyway, but um, I, I, I'm pretty sure the only way upper mid card to upper uh, to main event baby faces ever lose anymore by a pinfall is after a distraction. I mean, that's just the way that WWE books everything. Like those guys don't don't lose clean anymore. Like it's very very rare. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not like he got he got. He, Benjamin just beat him clean as a sheet. No, like he lost after a distraction, which is stupid because they do it way too often, but it certainly does protect Daniel Bryan. So it does. And it helps out Shelton Benjamin. Let's talk about him. He hasn't been on TV lately. True. Do you think he's on TV next week? I hope so. Especially, especially if Miz wins, I love. I do. I love the idea of Miz recruiting him to be his his uh, his second. I think that's a really good use of him. This is complete speculation on my part, but I think he is, and I think he loses to Daniel Bryan because mm. that's the thing they like to do: is give somebody a win, mm-hmm. give the underdog a win, and then right. have them come back and lose clean on yeah. TV shortly thereafter. And the thing is with Shelton, he hasn't been on TV since August 14th, but... But what was he, still, he on before that one was he on? Let's see. Before that? Yeah. Yeah. Because when he came back on August 14th, I was like, whoa, Shelton, it's been a minute. June 19th. There you go. Like, here it is. Two months, basically. Two months and then six weeks. Like, there's no excuse. You signed this guy for a reason... I honestly thought he and Gable were really good together as a smack as a, as a tag team. Uh, they were on they were on TV a lot, feuding with the Usos, and then you, you bring Gable over to Raw to have him not be on TV for a while, and then be Bobby Roode's weird buddy, and then team with another guy who's forty something years right. old. Exactly, they would turn them. They 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 put people together to split them up eventually. It seems yeah, like it's weird. So Benjamin one or two matches in three and a half months on TV. Uh, yikes, man. He, he's, Yikes, man. he's still good. And I, I feel like there's there's cachet in him being the old the old head who's just pissed about not being used right. And if and I think Miz could could I keep bringing back this up because there's such great story use of it. 
Miz could absolutely play on that and say, listen, you ride with me, you're going to be on TV all the time. I'm going to get you great matches. You're going to bash my back, and I'll watch yours. Like, that's a great way of, of convincing him to be that character. Oscar with Naomi defeated Peyton Royce with Billy Kay. The Iconics dance before the match. Neat. Mm-hmm. Royce whiffs on a wheel kick, hits a modified Widow's Peak. I like her using that move. Yeah. Nobody else is, so why not? Why not? WWE has made me really not care about Asuka, though. Yep. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you can say that about a lot of people. But sure, I mean, that, but they, they've I, really taken everything special away from I, her. I can't believe how poorly she's been used since, she, since she's been brought up. I mean, she won the Royal Rumble, decided to, like, I challenge Charlotte. And again, it was one of those things, like, I, I thought, oh, no. Vince is really going to have the biggest win streak ever lose at the hand of Ric Flair's daughter. And yep. So, so that after that, it was just like, you know, Oscar gets a program against Carmella, but, but she loses via whoopsie Daisy over and over again. And that's not a way to build a credible character on your, on your show. And they still are having her do weird things like, you know, Oh, it's funny. Cause she can't speak English. Like, <laughs> that's funny, right? No, it's not. Let me um, tell you, man. I am doing for FightfulSelect.com our premium service. Check it out. Maybe there's something there you might like. Have a d- bunch of bonus additional content there. I am retro-reviewing Survivor Series 94. And it is amazing how far they have not come since then. Since Todd Pettengill in shitty San Antonio with a cowboy hat is interviewing, I think, Bull Nakano. And she doesn't speak English, and he's like, I asked you how you feel about this. And then he goes, in English, please. And I'm like, my God, man. It's amazing how terrible they've always been at this. Yep. Either way, Asuka rolls into a knee bar, then an ankle lock. Naomi keeps Billy from helping. Asuka lock, that's a wrap. Yep. Short, harmless match, nothing special. Yep. Becky Lynch comes out to a huge ovation, Alex. Yes. This is the reason why I really believe they have abandoned Becky as the heel. Okay. Got this this great reaction. You still don't have her targeting the audience. This right. would have been the right night, too, because she was soaking it up. All those Becky chants, she was eating it up. Absolutely. Here's the thing. The only thing that makes me feel like I'm I'm on your side in this is that she's no longer targeting the audience. But everything else she's doing is super heel. Like, let's throw it to a video package where I beat the crap out of my that opponent. That was hilarious. That was that the was, best throw it was great. video package I've seen and her yeah. reacting to it afterwards. Yes. Saying um, I could watch that all day. That was yes. beautiful. Super, super heelish. I also love, hey, I didn't like the, 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 the poster of this where I wasn't included and Nia Jax was for some reason. So here's a poster I had mocked up where I'm standing over my opponent holding the ring belt with my foot on her back. That's very heelish, but guess what? The crowd is into it. So you, you roll with it, man. But the thing is, they're absolutely playing all those other things as, as heelish, even though they're, they're, they're very wisely not having her attack the audience. So, yeah, that's the thing. When WWE really wants somebody to be a heel and get yeah. that heel reaction, they have them go after the audience. Or they have them make fun of the Supersonics. So, yeah, everybody can say, well, this is a heel promo, this is a heel promo. Traditionally, yes. Yeah. But the way that WWE does things, it's very obvious because Braun's out there saying, 
And I don't care what any of you think either. Yeah. Very forced. Very, very forced. Either way, Charlotte Flair comes out, spears Becky Lynch, puts her in a figure four, and that's a wrap. That's the show. That's the show. That's it. Super showdown this Sunday or Saturday. See you in Melbourne, or as they say uh, down under, Melbourne. And as Todd, Todd, Tom Phillips could, like insists on calling it Melbourne. Like, okay, yes, I understand. That is that is how they pronounce it. But you don't pronounce it that way, Tom. You pronounce it Melbourne. That's fine, though. <laughs> Muted. We're going to make our Super Showdown predictions momentarily. We're going to talk about SmackDown 1000. But Alex, last yeah. year... Mm. I uncovered the dark truth behind Billy Kidman's theme lyrics. And it was very dark. It was very dark. I discovered the shocking translation of Maurice's theme. Mm. I hope you're ready for this, Alex. I don't think anyone's ready for this. Booker T, one of the most fire, pun completely intended, themes of all time, right? So true. It's fantastic. For years, I thought that Jimmy, Jimmy Hart produced it. He actually did not. It was by Rene De Whale and Didier Leglisi. It's called mm. Rap Sheet. Mm. There's a part of this song you're going to recognize, Alex. Yes. And it is when you hear uncontrollable sounds. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. I did some deep diving, Alex. Okay, did you now? <laughs> Tell me you want to know where that sample came from. I, 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 I don't well, think I... Well, you sure do. It's from a woman named Hateful Head Helen <laughs> and a song called Sweet Pussy Pauline. <laughs> Allow me to play an excerpt. Fuckers coming up to you trying to waste your time. Knowing that you're looking good, nice little ass back there. But you see, let me tell you something, girls. A lot of these motherfuckers see us walking by. They want to put their face in our asses and go, but they don't know how to ask. I recently. What is with these producers of wrestling music? I, I don't know. Corrupting the youth. Yeah. Our viewership. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh. Those. Now, to be fair, that woman was trying to give a life lesson. Sure. She absolutely. said that men wanted to do that, yes. but didn't know how to ask. True. And I think we can all take a lesson from that. Yes. Because I don't know if these two German fellows who produced this theme song ever asked her to use that sample. I can't confirm it. I can't deny it. Right. Man, it just gets more and more real. <clears throat> Some news dropped today. Capital One Arena advertising Michelle McCool, Vicky Guerrero, Teddy Long, Tori Wilson for SmackDown 1000. Any of these get your blood pumping? I mean, it's yeah, I'm sure Vicky will yell excuse me and Teddy Long will make a tag team match. It'll be fine. I hope Shaw Guerrero shows up and attacks Lana. <laughs> I'm fine with this. You know, we got Evolution returning. We haven't talked about that. 
yeah. had some people say, well, they're a raw team. My God, why would they come back on SmackDown 1000? You know, I'm okay with it. All of I'm, them, except for Ric Flair, had extended runs on yeah. SmackDown. Yeah, I'm fine with it, too. Batista was on SmackDown for a long time. Uh, it'll be really cool to see Batista back. I still can't believe they keep turning that guy down when he says, I want one more run. Like, like he's he's a major player in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ride that wave, folks. It would be great if, uh, while in the ring, all three guys gave the thumbs up, thumb down on Triple H, and Batista <laughs> hit the Batista bomb on him. Oh, and we're off to the races. That would be great. I would really like that. I'm down for one more run of Batista. Yeah. And Jimmy often points to the WrestleMania 30 pre-show presser. And if you all haven't seen that, it is worth a watch. That and the Wednesday Listen Your Boy episodes with Jimmy Van getting closer to 100. But Batista went out there and he's like, I'm not reading this crap they wrote for me. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy's like, you know, I kind of see why they don't yeah. want to. But there we go. Also, um, SmackDown 1000 with Evolution, all that. The the advertised main event is AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan against Samoa Joe and The Miz. You have Charlotte Flair, Asuka, Naomi against Becky Lynch and the Iconics advertised for that show. Who knows how much of that will actually happen. We have Super Showdown on Saturday. Going to be a doozy advertised for a 5 a.m. Start time Eastern. I don't know if there's a pre-show before. I have no clue. I guess we'll find out. But we do have a live post-show podcast. Myself and Mr. Warren Hayes afterwards. Let's get into it. Becky Lynch defends the SmackDown Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair. I've got Becky retaining. I think yeah. they know what they have here, and they're going to ride it. Yeah, it makes no sense. But listen, I, I'm. I don't think I'm choosing any title switches anyway because of you know, the fact that it's a giant house show. But, no, Becky's definitely winning here. Let's keep track next week. I said we were going to do this before. We didn't. Yeah. Charlotte came out on top. I think Becky's going to win. Yeah. Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy. I am predicting a title switch here. I think they could do this and then switch it back Wednesday if they wanted to. But give give that crowd something they won't forget. You can do this, and Cedric Alexander isn't going to be hurt. He's been champion since, what, WrestleMania? Yeah, he's been he's undefeated in 2018. God! So I'm going with Buddy Murphy. Yes. <laughs> that, that is, that is the, the, the right move. Somehow, I feel like they, they're still not going to do it. But, um, but uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, my pick is Buddy Murphy, too. And, by the way, he absolutely deserves it. Like that guy, like fought to be included on Two Hundred Five Live because he wasn't getting used in NXT. He's cut all that weight. He's been great every time he's been in the ring. I can't wait. This is the match I will actually want to watch live. I don't think the Iconics will meet the same positive fate. I think they're going to go out there and heal the Australian crowd because that's what they do at live events there. We actually have a video of it on YouTube.com/slash Fightful. I think they'll lose to Naomi and Oscar for whatever reason because I think that the Iconics probably need to win way more. They really do. Um, yeah, they'll, 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 if they win, it'll be through shenanigans. And really, honestly, Asuka and Naomi won't be hurt by that. So I think, I think they might be able to, to wait to, to, to win via distraction roll up or, you know, Vegemite in the eyes. I don't know. The New Day defend the SmackDown Tag Team Championships against the Bar. I'm going with the New Day here. 
We got to get more pancake jokes in. This SmackDown tag team division is really nice, but man, is it directionless. Yeah. They have they have all the all the uh, the potential in the world for amazing feuds and great stuff. That's why I hope the New Day wins is because they have a great six-man feud right there. Just can build sanity in this amazing thing by having pick up a couple wins against the New Meanwhile, Day. Meanwhile, while this is headlining, there is nothing being done to help sanity. Usos no. aren't on TV. Yep. Yuck. The Bellas and Ronda Rousey against the Riot Squad. Common sense would tell you Ronda Rousey wins here. Yes. Creatively, I wouldn't mind the Riot Squad winning and then that causing dissension between Rousey and the Bellas. Like, that was Rousey's first loss. But I would imagine that Ronda Rousey would like a more positive memory in Australia. I do not know, do not know how they didn't bring up one time during this, how Ruby Riot has not said, I'm going to knock you out in Australia just like Holly Holm did. I have um, no clue. Uh, I... I I agree. Maybe that, since last week, I understand. Right. Yeah, I, I agree that they probably that's a missed opportunity. It it may be that that Rhonda's people have been like, listen, that's the one area you don't touch with her. Quite possible, you know. Quite possible. Uh, but I think Rousey and the Bella Twins are getting the win. What do you think? Oh uh, yeah, please. And also another please, please. I know. I know the thing is you're gonna do Ronda versus Nikki Bella. Please, please don't. Please, please, yeah. please don't. Please don't. Do I that. mean, I think it'd be a fine match. Yeah, it'd be, be fine. fine. I just don't. I just don't have any interest in seeing it. Don't need it. Don't need it. I'd literally rather them do Bailey and Sasha Cold on the show. Yeah, as a main event. Yeah. The Shield against Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre. The Dogs of War. The, the Shield are going to get the win in the glorified yes. house show in front of 50,000, right? 1,000% that's going to happen. John Cena and Bobby Lashley against Kevin Owens and Elias. Same thing. The celebrity comes in who lives in China now. Apparently, he's just made his residence in China. <laughs> I have a column coming out. Like, next month, I'll post it on Fightful Select early for Tier 2 subscribers about John Cena and the mileage that he has left as a WrestleMania competitor, which apparently, judging by last night, is at least 10 years. But yeah. I think he and Lashley are beating Owens and Elias. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm one that's easy. That's an easy one. Um, it'll be weird. It'll be weird to see, like, if they do anything with John Cena, like, backstage segment, or if he just, like, comes out with his music and they have the match and then he goes home. Like, there's been nothing really to build to this there's no nothing between him and Lashley that makes you realize why this match was booked with them as partners nothing he just shows up and has his match and goes home Daniel Bryan versus the Miz number one contender match I think this should lead to a Miz title run I I do too the Miz should win and then spend the entire title run ducking Daniel Bryan yes you build the seeds for Wrestlemania Daniel Bryan versus the Miz can be a WrestleMania match. Can yeah. be. Oh, yeah. But yeah. they have to be put in the right situations, and The Miz needs to be cornered into having this match. Right. That's that's the, the idea behind that, is The Miz, as champ, always ducks Daniel Bryan, but if Daniel Bryan wins the Royal Rumble, then he can't duck Daniel Bryan anymore. And that's a, that's a very easy way to get to that point. And absolutely, The Miz versus Daniel Bryan is a WrestleMania match, especially... If the Miz has the title and Daniel Bryan is a Royal Rumble winner, then you have a clear path to it. 
and you have a great moment of Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 35 in New York hoisting the title belt over his head, having finally overcome his big feud coming out of retirement. It's perfect. It's perfect, which means they won't do it. WWE Championship, no DQ, no count out. Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles. We often kind of clock watch or calendar watch the AJ Styles title reign. He is at 327 days. On November 7th, he will crack that one-year mark. Does he get by Samoa Joe? Uh, if it wasn't a house show, I would I would think it was a, a bigger a bigger chance of this. Um, I think he beats Samoa Joe specifically because I think the Miz wins the number one contenders match, and I don't think a Miz versus Samoa Joe match makes a lot of sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And I, I really do at this point. I want to see Styles get past the year mark. I think that'd be a nice thing to do it would be what's crazier is to think that we are 11 months removed from the gender mahal reign yeah it just it, it's crazy last week when he was on a uh, mixed match challenge or when oh last night he came out last night for the thing and his music hit i remember how much every time his music would hit i would go god i hate gender as champ but damn this, this that music is great it's, it's fire. great i really <laughs> hope we don't find out something terrible about it me too oh this is the thing is that oh, music no. is entirely in a foreign language. Who oh. knows what the hell they're talking about? If anybody speaks the language, <laughs> hook me up. Send me the translation, please. I got to do this for the people. We also have the main event, essentially, I'm assuming, The Undertaker with oh, Kane yeah. Yeah, against Triple H with Shawn Michaels. This video of them. Hit 2.55 million on YouTube. That's a good number, despite the the crap ratings or viewership that Raw got an all time low again, and the Nielsen's at least, at least among viewership, not rating. Ugh, Undertaker, Triple H, Triple H seems like the kind of guy that can lose all the time. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, but the Undertaker, obviously, this is not his last match. No, Rusev wasn't going to be his last match. Cena wasn't going to be his last match. If he was going to have a last match, it was going to be Roman Reigns, and that wasn't his last match. So, first off, who wins, and how much longer do you think Taker has in the ring? Uh, I think Taker wins this match. Um, I love your idea of of Batista coming back at the thousand and starting a program with Triple H, but I don't, I don't think so because I'm I'm almost positive that these four guys who are going to be in and around this main event on Friday, Saturday, are going to have a tag match at Survivor Series, uh, which I think then leads to Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker, last match for both of them at at WrestleMania 35 in New York, which I feel like is a great way for them both to, to go out. I think it's a good time for them both to step aside forever. I think Undertaker's winning. I like your idea. We have a viewer that says, Sean, please stop shitting on my home of San Antonio. No one talks <laughs> about your home. Stop talking about mine. Well, let me say, I just want to wholeheartedly say that I consider truly San Antonio to be a beautiful city in comparison to Portsmouth, Ohio. They are literally the two worst cities in all of America. Without a doubt, hands down, Portsmouth, Ohio, San Antonio, Texas. 
the worst city ever. Yep. Ever. I've never been I, by this Survivor Series 94 pay-per-view from San Antonio that I had to retro review that apparently Mr. Warren Hayes was joking about when he recommended it to me. And then I watched it anyway. I had to carve out Alex, you know, the news cycle. Yeah. Yes, I do. You know how Mondays are. Oh yes. Carved out three hours on a Monday for that Whoa. one. I blame San Antonio. It is San Antonio's fault. And the only way I can say, the only way that I can say that Portsmouth is worse is just because by default, WWE is like, man, that city's so terrible. We're not even going there. That's true. We'll go to Huntington, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll risk our we'll risk our superstars buying meth on every street corner in Huntington, West Virginia, as opposed to going to Portsmouth, Ohio, where they just inhale it. It's it just a natural. It's in the air. Man. Man. Somebody says, at least San Antonio can hold on to an NBA team. Yeah, not any players, though. <laughs> because what do they do? They hit the bricks and they go to a real city like Toronto. Man. Man, this guy is getting mad. <laughs> Mad. <laughs> oh, Whew. Lexington, Cincinnati, both beautiful cities that everyone should aspire to go to. Alex, what do you got going on this week in Milwaukee? In That's Milwaukee. a city. That's a city. Damn city. Uh, speaking of uh, the Milwaukee Uncle Bucks, uh, they've got a preseason game tomorrow night in the new, the new brand new arena they built. Looks like a damn spaceship. Uh, playing against the Chicago Bulls. Hey! So I'm, gonna go, I'm going to that game tomorrow night. Going to go see your boy, Jabari Parker? Jabari Parker making a little homecoming back uh, back in the MKE. Uh, it's a preseason game, so I'm not anticipating yeah. a, lot, a lot of stuff. But, hey, you know, the, the tickets were cheap. Yeah. Seems like a good time. I would love to go in an M- NBA game. I would love an NBA team. I was watching Easy A with my wife last ah. week. Mm-hmm. Good movie. I just want to say those little those children, they're spoiled little brats. I would love the Woodchucks as a mascot. Mm. The Kentucky Woodchucks, I Sounds would be down for that. Sounds good. Bring the Kentucky Woodchucks to Louisville, Lexington, even Cincinnati, the northern Kentucky Woodchucks. <laughs> I'm down for it. Guys, join us on Saturday, Super Showdown. Visit fightful.com. Check out FightfulSelect.com. I have dark match commentary. That old man, angry old man tag team I've wanted so much, Shelton Benjamin, Randy Orton, they actually teamed together in 2001 against Billy and Chuck. I laid some commentary down over it. Check it out. Did the Q&A podcast this week. Lots of neat stuff up there. The new retro review, ECW One Night Stand 2006 with John Baez and Warren Hayes. It was a good time. Until next time, guys, follow me at Sean Ross app. Follow us at Fightful Online. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.